Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. table till then all right n words removed um well, oh uh, by the way um meeting jeff anderson from the movie clerks too uh-huh yeah second person to do a shout out for quality time who says uh hey i don't know if i should do a shout out for your podcast you could be like a nazi or something like i'm not alt right and with, I had to remind him of Scott Ian asking the same exact question, which was funny. So, all uh, all I know is that when uh, when you die, Jeremy, uh, which I assume will be in the next year or two, I will. Oh. What I'll all right, give me an extra year. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I what I'm gonna do is I will take all the people who uh who did shout outs for quality time and i'll edit them for the, whatever the new podcast is which will only be alt-right material and then they'll all have the shout outs for it i will do it just just for those celebrities assholes to like sphincter up <laughs> like this like, i didn't know he was a monster <laughs> i'll go you by can, a surname you can edit their words to make them all say the n-word <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Eric's name will now be spelled with three K's. <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Accurate. And you know what else is accurate? Welcome back to Quality Time, everybody. It feels good to be back. I'm excited. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Woodworth, and uh, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts. We're going to go out of order because the the one who usually goes first, I think, is going to kick off story time for his events from yesterday. But I'm joined by the very lovely, the very talented, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm good, Daddy. Woo! You were coming off uh, uh, a big week um, and stuff like that, so we're going to get to your stories soon enough because I'm uh, I'm excited. You got some juicers in there, and I have a story with you this week, which is going to be which is going to be some uh, some good content. But I'm also joined by my blood, my brother. Jeremy P. Woodworth, uh, live from a horror convention, uh, his return from a horror convention, or was it just a comic convention? I'm not sure. Jeremy P., how are you, sir? I, I'm sorry, who's joining us on the program? It's me, tonight's killer from the film. Oh, my God, it's the killer from the film. Oh, man, it is a scary movie we're going over today, Cruising, which uh, I'm glad that the killer could make it here. I'm just your average gay man. <laughs> well, that's good, man. Uh, Jeremy, uh, you were... Or I'm, I'm sorry. Not, I'm not weird like I keep a woman in a well. Yeah. 
I'm glad because I was worried about uh, about you know having a, a convicted uh, or an unconvicted, should I say, murderer on the show. I do have a Maltese though. A Maltese. Okay. Yeah. Is it in Falcon form? And his name is Gollum. Gollum. Precious. Well, that's good, man. Um, now, Jeremy, uh, you invaded. What was this uh, uh, car con you went to yesterday? Uh, is my level good enough? Is it loud enough? Okay, I feel good. I, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, uh, none of the stuff you said before is even remotely hearable. But this, your regular voice sounds great. Oh, well, that's horrible. Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I decided. I mean, very badly decided. <laughs> Sorry to clear my throat. It's important. To, it's important to stretch those uh, stretch those gums before the show. <laughs> so you get the beer bubble. You, got, you can't have a beer bubble. So I made the mistake of going to the Fan Expo in Philly versus what I should have gone to, which was the New Jersey Horror Con in Atlantic City, where I knew I would have been with my friends and would have had a better party. Um, but I made I made the decision because they had the Shatner, they had the Kevin Smith. Uh, two or three other guys from uh, Clerks, two, and a shit ton of Star Trek people, which amazed me. Uh, I did get to speak to uh, Brent Spiner for a good five minutes. No line whatsoever. Oh, yeah. It's hard, it's hard to believe that he has fallen that that out of the fan scene compared to somebody. Yeah. Uh, whoever the, the, the uh, female uh, Jedi cartoon chick i don't know from the clone wars okay she got a big line hmm. and, is it the uh, one who also, does ah- ahsoka tana's voice is that who we're talking ahsoka about tana. ahsoka tana yeah okay as as opposed to rosario dawson from uh you know the Boba li- Fett. yeah from the live action version okay got it um but anyway i had to talk to brent spiner about being there because he wa- he's been wanting to do that for years and talk to him about going to the actual being their house in dc which he was excited and i was like hey you ever do a star trek convention that dc uh convention center you could literally walk there um hey jeremy did you ask him at all about what it was like filming those fart scenes in master of disguise <laughs> i have never even seen masters of disguise <laughs> I, I know i'm a, kind of a he-man fan but i've never seen masters of disguise <laughs> That's good. Okay. I like that. I am the masters of disguise. And, and you my, may never recognize. And my friend Snarf Snarf. <laughs> um, no, but anyway, uh, Kevin Smith, uh, I missed a photo op, and I don't know what the hell he was charging for that, but you could only see him and get something signed, and his signature price $70. Oh, my $70. That's crazy. So I decided not to wait in that uh, one hour to two hour line. And of course, they have him cordoned off so you can barely see. But for a small opening where with a good enough camera, it's in footage of him from 50 feet away, which I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, you took the old cruising method for that. I like it. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's you awesome. Know, this fucking expo, which used to, I think, be Will- Wizard Con, or, you know, they used to be the Bullets before they had to change their name. Um, 
<laughs> it used to be called Bullet Con. I like yeah. that. $60 to get into this fucking thing before you do anything. And I think it was like $90 for an entire weekend. That's almost $100 just to go into this fucking thing to even talk to anybody. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure the uh, the New Jersey horror is still probably only $25 or $30 a day. So and you're getting almost as good as celebrities. Yeah, you got the guy from fucking Critters 4 there. I bet you he wasn't at this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate, I hate to say, getting to, I really did want to meet one of the guitarists from Twisted Sister, and that really hurt not going to it. Oh, uh, man. And I'm not, I'm not going to take that. How about that? <laughs> Anymore. So so with Jeff Anderson, obviously known as Randall from uh, Clerks 2, I was very happy to uh, share pictures from 10 years ago when the wife and I went to uh, Chiller dressed as Kinky Kelly and the Sexy Stud. And of course, I was the sexy stud. Uh, of course, and, you were. Of course, you were. Yeah. Look at you. And um, uh, yeah, I gave. I got a, a a picture with him in a pogo T-shirt, and uh, very happy about that. The, the, the shout out, but also the very part. The funny part about you is the sexy stud is that you also look like the sexy stud who's also never had penicillin. Like it's just just riddled with disease. Sexy stud. <laughs> Whole body suit on because it's covered. Over I all know. My let the joke happen, you fool. Uh, Sexy <laughs> leprous stud. Uh, <laughs> so the, I, I figured I'm gonna I'm gonna get as much as I can out of this show, and uh, finally went back to uh, Billy West, otherwise known as Fry from uh, Future World, and also Ren, also Stimpy, and got him to do a shout out. Which yeah, that was a good, that was a good shout out. I'll have to. I, I always have enough of audio from uh, your recent ones that we need a new intro, uh, Master Mix. I'll never take uh, uh, the Crypt Keeper off, but uh, I'll probably Joe Bob. I think it'll just be. We're just gonna have an, a twenty minute intro to the show. You have to power through before you hear one new piece of content. <laughs> Uh, also, the, the the end of the day, I I really considered going to the New Jersey Horrorcon. It was like around five o'clock. I was like, I'm done with this show. I didn't get to do what I wanted, which was actually get to see Shatner, uh, or or actually get my picture taken with uh Will with. It's right, Will, Smith. Will Smith. <laughs> 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 clerks who slaps the shit out of everybody. So anyway, I I I, I try to leave early. I was drinking quite heavily, and um, on my way back to the car, which should have taken 10 minutes, I think I walked 10 blocks in the wrong direction. (laughs) (laughs) I have a smartphone. I have a GPS on my smartphone to tell me where I'm going, and I keep looking at the smartphone. You, like, turn this way. Okay, I'm going the right direction. I'm not going in the right direction. The fucking phone is lying to me. Finally, the phone says, your, your accuracy is very low. Take a look around with the camera, and, and it'll do... Okay, it's doing a little better now. Oh, my gosh. I'm almost a half mile away from my car now. <laughs> what it should have taken, 10 minutes to get my car. took me an hour to get to my car. Oh, Jesus. Gosh. Do you, ever, do you ever have those moments where you just can't find your car, and you realize how fucked you would be if it's the end of the world, and you just had to forage for food? Like, you can't even find your car. How am I going to go hunt things with, with primitive weapons? 
I was going to say, Eric, find my car. I can't even find a partner. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I've been, by the way, the beginning of the movie on Golden Pond starts with Peter Fonda being so old that he's lost in the forest because he's only gone like a, a quarter mile from his home. That is the sign of age when you've lost yourself. Either that or too much drinking. So <laughs> True that. True that. And, and by the way, right around the 45 minute mark, I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to keep like my GPS. I'm not going to panic. At the same time, they do have those stupid wrencher bikes. Jerry, did are- you did you start doing the Woodworth whistle, find me whistle that we that we used to do as a kid? And you're like, <laughs> 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 so, Ashley, when we were when we were children, our father, yeah. uh, we instead of uh, like yelling out for help or something, if you ever got lost or separated. He made us learn uh, the the whistle of the Bob White bird, which is it goes it goes, and if we were lost, we were supposed to whistle to each other because he was just like uh, he was like if it's some kid screaming daddy, a million daddies could look, but if you whistle like that, I'll whistle back. And so if we were ever in a store, as long as we were within whistling distance, he would go like, and we'd have to go, and that's how we operated for like our entire childhoods through that code so at what age were you both molested (laughs) (laughs) um by the way at this age it would really scare me if i actually do that and i hear my father's voice whistle in my head (laughs) go what "What the hell why the why are you fucking lost (laughs) (laughs) i came from hell to help you with this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man so uh great times uh at the show it sounds like jeremy we got some new content randall sounds like a hoot um last last shout out to uh pete jackalone uh, the director of the killer clown versus the candy man his uh l- latest film called bleep the uh the actor won best actor oh, oh nice. nice so he's two years in a row he all he does is make new Jer- jersey horror con best actors yeah, so so me and this guy who'll probably never work again, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh Ashley, you had uh, a couple of shows and you, you ran into maybe a guy uh who had uh, a syndrome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right before I get into that though, uh one last thing in reference to what we were talking about with Jeremy. I have a question. Jeremy, do you think, though, if you ever used someone to channel your dad's spirit, instead of using a medium, you guys would need a 2XL? Hello, I am here to channel your father's spirit. Press one if you want to hear your father berate you when you were like you were alive. Press B if you want a nicer father than you had when you were alive. Press C if you want to hear... A song by Cher. Press press six if you'd like to hear your father bitch about where his tools that he clearly lost are, but he's now blaming you. Press uh, if you would like to hear an answer that doesn't sound as Jewish as I am. <laughs> where is Gilbert Do think- Godfrey doing this? <laughs> oh, I thought it was Wait, a woman. Ever, did you ever hear the 2XL? Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I guess I, I vaguely remember it. I knew it could play eight tracks, though. The voice was more Jewish than Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, really? Oh, see, I thought it was a woman, and I was like, are we calling her Porno Blanche? But, um... <laughs> Porno Blanche! 
um so anyway so yeah sorry so so back to what eric was asking me so yes i did a great show um on like the md delaware line like near ocean city um sold out room had an incredible show but so before we get started uh my friend ryan who's the booker says hey i want you to meet somebody he's a new open micer he's only been doing comedy a week he's just here to watch so really sweet guy probably in his very early 20s and we're getting to know each other and he goes hey i just want to let you know i have tourette's and i go oh like are you worried you're gonna say things or yell things out during the show he goes nope it's just physical so i don't want it to freak you out if i have a tick or something I go, okay cool no big deal so then we keep talking and because he's brand new at comedy He's full of life, right? Full of hope. Yeah, he still so has, he has a like, dream. I like I like when you meet a new open micer who's really he's like, oh, man, I can't wait to do this all the time. I was just like, mm-hmm. that'll that'll fade in about year six or seven. That slowly yeah. dies within you. So uh, like I'm listening <laughs> to him talk, and he's just like, I'm doing stand up because I think I'm funny and I want to make people laugh, and I just want to like blow my fucking head off the whole time he's talking. And the longer <laughs> he starts being overly positive. And like saying the dumbest shit about comedy, I finally put my hand on him and I say, hey, look, I know you have Tourette's, but that doesn't mean you need to act retarded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet, Ashley. I love that. How did he take that? Did he like it? He was shocked. He's like, am I am I saying something wrong? I'm like. Yeah, you sound real gay right now. Um, I don't. Just, I don't know how to you help you. Immediately became what's his name from uh, Idiocracy. Yeah, we checked your saying, and your your shit's all gay. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's real bad. Your name is not sure. Um, it was it was awful. Uh, it I mean awful in the sense of he's really sweet, but the longer he went on, I was just like, oh, I really, I really hope that like. This is someone that realizes they have something to live for and quits comedy. <laughs> so I used to when I ran Coco Lane and I was still young in comedy. I uh, I used to encourage people to do comedy. Um, That's awful. And now I've seen the error of my ways. And now I just I've gone to discourage people. But unless they're so. Listen, there's certain times where I see somebody and like they seem pretty special, right? And I'm like that that they'll give them an honest one. I'm like, yeah, you should do it. And I'm like, I can't really tell you anything. Look at where I am, but yeah, you you should keep doing it. But I do not discourage somebody if they're incredibly bad. And I will tell you, I would encourage the person that we saw on Tuesday night, Ashley. <laughs> to 100% continue with comedy. I saw Ashley on Tuesday. And I, we were at the cellar door doing the show, The Riff in Time, which is a set list style show. It pops up on the screen. Something pops up. You have to make jokes about it. Okay. Now, sitting front row is a uh, is what appears to be a trans woman, uh, I would say. Right. That's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I didn't really look at her close enough. I thought it was just regular woman. But also, I wasn't looking very closely either. Right. And she has a laptop out there. There was already red flags about her crazy right away, right from the fucking snap. And if it's one thing I know, Ashley, and it's one thing if with my family tree, I can spot crazy 
like that. It's just, it's like a, it's like a Highlander. Like when I walk around, I was like, I found another like this. Like we sense each other. Right. And so this psychopath, uh, who will later find out is named just the same name as my daughter, Jane, um, <laughs> is sitting up front. Jeremy, she's playing music through her, 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 uh, a laptop. But there's music playing in the bar. So she's playing music out loud over and it's not it's just it's already kind of ridiculous. And there's definitely an uneasy feeling in the air, to say the least, right? Like about this woman. No? Well, let me skip ahead before we get really into like your interaction with this person, because Eric is right that like very detached slash unhinged before we even deeply get into it, because I am like third up in the lineup and the, I specifically remember there was a slide that said something the lion, the witch and the blank. So then I have to try to come up with something funny. And while I am spinning my wheels. Okay. Jeremy, I, we, this is your, our favorite thing that you do. What have you stopped everything to show us? You can talk, telling your story while they watch. Okay, I, I get it, Jeremy. It's not time to draw attention to yourself. Relax. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she uh, she interrupts. Like, I'm on stage. I am trying to think of something to say. And she's, like, in the front row, and she, like, whisper yells up to me, wardrobe. It's wardrobe. And I go, yeah, yeah I know that that's the original title. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> good. I was so annoyed. Yes. Well, that. Well, that's the other thing. This lady's also heckling people. Like, not just Even you. Nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's you're, you're you're she's interacting with the show in a way she's not supposed to. She's not being called on. So I think uh, I think I was like two after you, right? So yes. I finally go up and uh, I immediately address uh, the elephant in the room. I'm like, what's, what's your deal? Can we talk about this? What, what you have a laptop out? I don't understand it. And she says words that are in English to me. Okay. But they don't, <laughs> they don't actually form. Like I understood each of these words, but nothing made sense. There was like something, the Persians, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, all right, we're throwing that out. Is this the movie 300? And she is not, She's not feeling it at all. Okay, she's not enjoying it. So, uh, but it's also I kind of make the word the room weird because they don't they don't want to fuck with this lady either. So now it's just awkward, right? So I I power through the rest of my set, and I finally get to uh, my last prompt or my second to last prompt, and it was uh, <laughs> the the question was like, "What's your mother said to you on her deathbed?" And I was just like, "Oh, I'll never forget this." Uh, like she she held my hand and she said, well, "One day you're gonna be." At a at a at a show in Frederick, Maryland, and there'll be a psychopath that has a fucking laptop wearing wearing a polka dotted dress, sitting feet it away from you, and that like that that got a pretty good laugh, and I was like, I was happy with my set overall, right? Well, Jeremy, fast forward through the rest of the night, we finally get to the second to last comic. It's this bitch. She's coming up to do the riff in time now. Okay, so I'm I'm a little I'm turgid at the thought of this because there's nothing I love more than 
like epically bad comedy. You know, who I'm talking about the Chris Restivos of the world, the Tom Myers is, is like when it's so bad, it becomes good. Our podcast is movies that are so bad. It's, it's good sometimes. Right. So this was, I could sense her. She was to about to be to stand up comedy. What Dracula 3000 is to movies. And I am fucking real excited about it. Hey, she- uh, by the way, you say that Dracula 3000 is bad, but I am waiting for Dracula 3010. 3010, Coolio's Revenge. Um, <laughs> so, hey, she gets up there. She can't play the game at all. She's looking at it and like she doesn't know what to riff on, doesn't know how to do anything. But she has an entire box that she brings up. So I was like, oh, maybe she's a prop comic. And you can see Ryan Nazer, nobody's feeling what's happening. I was like, no, 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 no. Everybody, shut up. I want to see what's in the box. And Jeremy, she just starts pulling out clothes. First, she pulls out her meds, okay? <laughs> she pulls out all of her fucking meds and puts them out on the thing. I really go, I was like, this was the least surprising. This is the thing that made the most sense about you, was you pulling yeah. out all your fucking meds. And before Eric finishes, because he's going to have to, because I wasn't there for like a big chunk of this part of the story, she then pulls out a copy of Catcher and the Rye, and I go, fuck no. I book it out of there. I start telling people to leave. Ow! (laughs) Shut the phone on myself. (laughs) So I am telling people, get out of there. I'm like, the last time somebody got out a copy of Catcher in the Rye, they got John Lennon. Let's get out of here. Hey, or they might have just got regularly Ronald Reagan um, because he was another Catcher in the Rye reader too. um, Trying to impress Jodie Foster. By, By the way, by the way, yeah. Uh, Wendy at the beginning of The Shining sitting with her son is reading Catcher in the Rye. Oh, oh, oh God, I know. Oh, awesome. Horrible. So, uh, and, if you're, and if you're into the, the Wendy um, theory of The Shining is that not much of it really happens. It's all in Wendy's mind because she's batshit crazy. There is that theory and it is an intriguing one. I, I, I do enjoy it. Um, but that's a whole other episode we can talk about later. So, Jeremy, she starts pulling out other things. Everything else in her bag, though, it's literally just clothes. It's just clothes that she wears. And they're like, oh, look at this thing. <laughs> and then she puts it over there. And then she goes over, and you're like, well, look at this thing. <laughs> like that. And, it, it, it just, and then I'm like, Ryan is lighting her because he's like, this needs to be done. And I go, I, I turned to him and I was like, you put that fucking light down. You let you let, I want to see everything that comes out of this oh. box. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure she told us she was a lawyer. <gasps> oh gosh. <laughs> um, can I ask the most important question? Yes. Um, as a man pre- pretending to be a woman, uh, what is the rating on that? On on her? Yes, on him being oh, a her. So yeah. they're definitely seeing Okay, so let's let's let, let me gauge this. If in believability, where I wouldn't even believe that I'm not even sure this person was trans. I feel like they were doing a bit, if I'm being honest. But I, you know, what to each their own, right? But if I was just to gauge it on believability of do I believe this is a woman, I would give it a th- three and a half, three and a half stars. Now, by the way, I gotta give it to your buddy Violet Gray. Oh yeah! The first, the first time I met him, dude, I'm checking him out, and oh, he yeah. literally was within like uh, touching distance until I heard his voice. I'm like, "You got me." 
Uh, shout outs you and gonna be on Springer. Sh- so. Shout outs Violet and Dorian. Shout outs. Um, because he does a damn good job of looking yeah, like a woman. That is. Uh, Violet does an amazing job. I agree. Now, uh, after the show is over, okay, um, all of her stuff is still there. She never comes back after me because you and me had like another drink and we're hanging with Ryan and doing the hang afterwards. Hey, she just she just up and left and left all of her possessions there. <laughs> it did not come back, I don't think, um, unless it was to get the the lawyer papers to sue us and or the gun to match the catcher in the rye. We God. weren't really well, sure. Uh, they locked up. They locked up. I'm fairly certain without her taking her box of crap. Yeah, that was so. There's uh, listen. There's a if you're an a young Young and up and comer in comedy, there's a whole lot of material just sitting uh, at the cellar door. If you want to come and get it, you can. It's um, that's her whole joke book right there. Um, after he kills all these people, that box is going to become like like serial killer gold. You're right. You're right. Now I do have one last story before we get into tonight's film, and this one is about Sweet Ashley. Okay, so look, I. <laughs> at the end of the show i'm getting ready to to get out of here and uh i see ashley she's got a she's got a, a giant uh plate of fries they're like loaded fries and uh i'm excited and i was like oh i'm hungry i already start reaching for him and i go and she's you know picking at him having her having herself a time i go i was like oh hey can i get a couple fries and she, as soon as i grab him she goes i don't give a shit they're not mine and I'm like, so ashley's just eating random people's you, you're, 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 you've become a raccoon after the show's over and you just ate random people's fries. Hey, look, I know for a fact that they paid their bill and left. <laughs> I can't go let food go to waste. I, so I did think that was very funny. I almost spit laughed the second it was in my hands. You're not eating random people. I was like, hey, stop stealing my bit. And uh, number two. <laughs> Amazing. I, I I have I have um I am a person of class and I have rules that when I eat out of the garbage, it's only the food that's right on top of the garbage and that I don't have to dig for. No, so. that is but that's that's regular. This was already on a table. It wasn't even trashed yet. And uh, to be and fair, it wasn't as Jerry and as Jerry would say to George Costanza, was it in the garbage? Mm-hmm. So. It wasn't. It was on a table getting cold so therefore it will be going in the garbage but i intervened There's, I, ashley just comes over he's like oh this is getting cold time to warm it up yeah <laughs> this is this is the kind of judgmentalism that's like what do you mean you are like the fourth or fifth guy to do bukkake on or you're like a filthy animal yeah we, we i think we were all thinking that um <laughs> As opposed to the first guy to come on her. I mean, like, whatever. Yeah, th- thank I'd you, rather- Jeremy. I love that I've been in- being criticized by the man that purposefully gives himself oily, wet diarrhea. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, by the way, I, this I swear this is my last story that we got to get into fucking this because you reminded me. Um, so I went to Ollie's this week. I, I like to go to Ollie's Bargain Outlet. Shout out. Um, and uh, I bought a five pound five pound bag of beef jerky okay um i had to look at it twice to see where i was pulling it because i was not a hundred percent sure when i grabbed it and i was like looking at it in line i was like huh 
are these actually just dog treats? I wasn't 100% sure, so I went back to verify. I was like, okay, this is an edible people food section. Nothing on it says dog food or anything. So I was like, all right, cool. And what it looks like are like, it looks like Slim Jims that are cut to like one inch long in like just a giant bag, just all kind of slammed together or whatever. So I roll the dice. I grab these things. Um, I get home. I open them up. And uh, let me just tell you about the ingredients first, okay? Now, ingredient number one in this beef jerky Labeled as one thing, mind you. Okay, this wasn't separated by a comma. It said, "It said beef and pork." Okay, so it was it, as a singular thing. It was beef and pork. Okay, the second mm-hmm. ingredient was chicken components, as in mm-hmm. likely, likely like the feathers, the insides, the claws, and eyeballs, and, and beak. Yeah, yeah, just. <laughs> Probably mashed into a paste. That's the other. Those are the two main ingredients: beef, pork, and, and chicken components. I take the first bite out of this. I gotta be honest with you; it's not bad. It's like a real spicy Slim Jim. Okay, it, it like if you like a Slim Jim, this was like a hot one. It was so hot it was making me like sweat. Another red flag I probably should have noticed before eating this that uh my sweet wife noticed right away she's like you're gonna eat this and i was like yeah yeah it was only five bucks and she goes i was like if it's bad i just throw it out big whoop she goes there's not even expiration date on this so there's not, it's a t- whatever this food quote unquote is it, it's apparently just good forever because you could sell it for Gross. infinity I realized after my first bite, though, why it is. It's because it's also 90% salt. So, like, the second, it's salt and spice only. It's enough that I got into, like, four pieces. I was like, hmm, my heart's a little racing right now from all the salt I'm putting in me. Anyway. By the way, by the way I really do love those uh, Slim Jim commercials with Ric Flair where he's like, step into a chicken component Slim Jim. Whoa, I'm Ric Flair. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. I'm offended. Um, I'm 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 genuinely offended. So look, the uh, maybe it was Roddy Piper. Yeah, there you go, Roddy Piper. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, I tell I tell the old lady, I was like, well, listen, this is a win as long as it doesn't make me shit violent blood. I think this is solid. I might get more of it because it it didn't taste bad, right? Well, as the night progressed, uh, I was awoken at about five twenty in the morning. Uh, by by violent intestinal pain, violent, uh, and I I don't know if I I wish like my toilet was equipped with like a radar gun because the speed I've never had a faster shit come out of me like like I felt like like I could knock like I could blow through like a piece of cardboard with like the intensity that this shot out of me uh almost like is it like whenever you hold your thumb over the hose it was kind no no no, because it there was more solid chunks in it it was like it was more like uh if you know i imagine like how how like a pipe bomb works where like it explodes and the chunks go in all directions because there was no there was no type of physics that worked anymore when I looked at the bowl and like the spray pattern. It was it looked, wild. It looked like the bowl when I pooped in your toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very actually, Jeremy, relatively similar, except I used what's called a toilet brush 
afterwards and uh and took care of that so um shout outs to uh jeremy woodworth and uh the super bowl that was great so um what's great is is going uh poo and it sounds exactly like pee that is true i've (laughs) i've always said i was like i love when poo sounds like pee so I guess I have to throw this stuff out. I still have the bag of beef jerky. I might just save it for guests next time. Um, <laughs> Ashley's face, Ashley's face when I said save it for guests is priceless. It doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense because you're just like I hate when Jeremy blows up my bathroom, but I'll feed it to him next time he comes over. You're right. I will because I listen. It took me like five or six hours for it to pass through me. So I'm, he's not allowed to stay that long. Um. Uh, does anybody? Uh, does anybody want some uh, beef jerky? First question: uh, Are you constipated? Yeah, well, you're definitely not. After this. So when somebody, my my wife asked me, it was just like, there's like these look like dog treats. I was like, I don't think it's safe to feed the dogs. I got to be honest with you. I think this is <laughs> this is only human oh. safe. Oh, I got I got a little bit of an ego boost yesterday. Uh, last thing I forgot to mention was me and Jeff Anderson. I, I actually uh, told him about being a filmmaker and, and a baby eater and how I said uh, the tagline, uh, the worst taste in horror. He literally is like, starts going like this, like he's counting out money, like, here, sell me a ticket. So I want to I want to see this movie. So, there we go. Oh, wow. Uh- Oh, I did finally meet a uh, new friend, Dave Dennis. And the story really isn't about Dave Dennis. He's a great guy. We're going to go out again sometime, I think, in the future. But I uh, I was sitting at a table at 1623 on Friday for happy hour. And behind us, uh, behind him, were this couple. And they appeared to be on their first date. And they looked like they were in, like I would say, their mid-40-ish. I, I don't know if you've ever seen something like this, Ashley. Have you ever witnessed... Uh, this action. The guy who seems a little uh, there. None of them. Neither of them appear too drunk. He goes in with both hands, grabs her neck like he's gonna pull her in for a kiss, and her spine stiffened up like a fucking board. And she was like, "The fuck you are!" <laughs> I I immediately I'm watching this from like 20 feet away. I just go <laughs> like that, and then they both looked. They both looked over at me, and I had to like look down. I'm like, "Oh, that was weird." <laughs> I literally um, just I they I caught this guy getting rejected and then I laughed. Yeah. So uh I don't know. Listen, kissing aside, we're about to get into a thing with big kisses for the rest of this episode. Cause tonight's film I am fucking turgid over. We are going over 1980 Cruising. Uh the wonderful movie by William Friedkin, the man who directed one of the uh, scariest movies of all time, The Exorcist, goes for the most terrifying thing in the world, the gay un- leather uh, leather daddy underscene of New York City in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, gosh, this, uh, this movie is uh, such a fucking gem. Um, I'm glad that... I took the, I rolled the dice and uh, picked this one this week because I do feel it feels it fits into our movies of like horror and pulpiness because it's basically a slasher film uh, set in the gay underworld with Al Pacino. Uh, but uh, Ashley, have you ever seen the 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 marketing campaign for uh, um, the cruising toy line that they came out with? <laughs> No. Oh, I got to show you this shit real quick. 
So this is it. I'll be honest with you. Um, the this is not a a real toy, but somebody made this at, for a film festival, and it is one of the uh, one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed. And I'll even I'll go as far as to just go ahead and share screen here. By the way, look up uh, Cruise and Electric if you'd like to watch this yourself sometime. Uh, it's quite a magical little thing here. And I'll share this with you guys like so. We're going to share screen number one and go. All right. So here, check this out, Ashley. See how this. Okay. Pacino in his most electrifying screen performance, Cruising, the astonishing new film about trawling for anonymous trysts in New York's leather bar underworld. Now, the most talked about film of 1980 comes home with the new Cruising Electric playset from Ramjack. All the back alley action, the dark streets, the handsome stranger, and you, the hungry hunter. Real world random rendezvous all in one 30 second scale. First, make contact and lock eyes. Got it. Now make the block and check the hanky code. Ramjack's real digital readout controller cross-referenced with real-life up-to-date handkerchief signals. Water sports. Once more around the block, you've got to time it just right. There. You've got him. Oh, no, the cops. No, it's just some guy dressed like a cop. The cruising electric playset. Additional strangers sold separately. Your two dads put it together. Only from Ramjack. There you go. The cruising electric playset is such a magical uh, thing. I also love the best part of that video. So if you ever want to check out cruising electric or the cruising playset commercial on YouTube, it's a mm, chef's kiss good. But when the, when they when you hit the button just right and the little electric car stops and the stranger makes like a one inch walk towards it and they're like yeah and the dad's face is like what the fuck is that. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. God, what a magical time. So, uh, so ooh, well, I guess my, sorry, my question is, though, if I'm still trying to get this, like, scarf thing right, does that mean, like, the crips are blowjobs and the bloods are receivers? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked because we do have a character. Actually, we'll wait till we get to the character where that comes up and where we're going to talk about all of the handkerchief codes because uh, yeah. it's a major part of the, the gay underscene here. And I did I did int- a lot of research for it. But this movie, oh. uh, it, it has a pretty star-studded cast. I mean, it, as it should. I mean, this is a William Friedkin joint, right? So. So we, we, it's anchored by uh, the great Al Pacino. It also has uh, Paul Servino, who's going to play Captain Edelson. Uh, uh, Karen, uh, Karen Allen, uh, famous from Indiana Jones, uh, plays Al Pacino's uh, girlfriend in the movie. Uh, and there's a couple other really good cameos throughout. Uh, one of them uh, is our handkerchief salesman, but they also have um, Ed O'Neill from, of, uh, fa- of Married with Children and Modern Family fame is in this movie as one of the cops. It even has oh. the guy... It even has no, go ahead, sorry. even has the guy uh, James Remar, uh, famous from uh, movies like um, The Warriors, uh, but I also know him probably best as uh, Dexter's dad in the show Dexter. So uh, he's in this film. A lot, a lot of good star power behind this one. I, I, last last time I talked to James Remar a month ago, I had to ask him uh, why were you fired from the movie Aliens. He was like, 
because uh, I got arrested for drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and well, also, isn't I could be wrong because I'm told I'm not honestly sure. Maybe someone can help me. I also thought, isn't John something um, from Chud? Like, I've heard. It, did we already say that? Isn't he like the guy that's in the room when they later go investigate one of the apartments? Uh, I, don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. I don't believe so. I'm gonna look it up. All right, you guys. Keep you, I need to know. You got it. Um, but uh, this movie, uh, it, it is. It's a great kind of slasher movie. It starts off with cops finding a body uh, in the Hudson River. Uh, it also shows the scumbaggy cops. One of them who happens to be uh, the guy from Cabin Boy and from uh, uh, what is it, Dumb and Dumber, uh, is can one I, of the cops. Can I correct you there? They find an arm in the bo- in the river. They do. They find part of a body. Correct. Which, and, by the way, really good job with the arm because the fingers had been chewed off by fish or something yeah yeah and uh we do see that uh uh our the local cops in uh in the gay district they like uh strong arming the gay prostitutes there and uh here's a little bit of uh that you guys are hilarious yeah come up here I want to show you my nightstick. Oh, gosh. These fucking scumbag police officers. And then uh, they uh, we then get to see uh, in the nightclub a sunglass, sunglassed man uh, take a fella back to his place. Uh, and it's I need to mention that I don't understand. I mean, this is this is all new to me, right? Apparently, gay bars in the late 70s, early 80s, you only had two choices of attire. One was a full rob halford suit of leather that you could wear or you just only wore assless jockeys those are the only two options that you really had well eric first a couple things i did look it up it's william russ who is in this movie that i was thinking of he played the dad from boy meets world Ah. um second of all eric's lying everybody when he was like this is all new to me Look at the way Eric's built. It's not new. Look at what he's fucking wearing today. He's in a tank. Eric's gay. Um, number, <laughs> number, number three. Legitimately, though, the reason you're you're bringing up the outfit is it is an S and M club. That's actually very specific to this story. It's not just a gay bar. It is an S and M underground rough sex club. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So. Uh- uh- you, you you really uh, passed over Joe Spinell, who's pretty much been in the biggest movies of all time, from Rocky to uh, Taxi Driver to uh, the star of Maniac. Yeah, he's uh, P- Patrolman D. Simone. He's the other fella's uh, uh, partner, the guy from Cabin Boy. Of course, you you meant to say Mulligan from uh, from Cabin Boy. That also. is true. He's the head the head honcho, the security guy from Goodfellas who ends up in a dumpster. Yes, yes. So uh, there's a I, there is one thing I didn't appreciate. I didn't like that uh, they at the at the serial killer's house. He has uh, actually it's not the serial killer's house. It's the other gay guy's house that they're at. He uh, he has lots of wrestling magazines because wrestling's not gay guys. We know that uh, that's a ridiculous stereotype. Actually, Eric, you are my favorite. <laughs> Favorited. You're my favorite closeted homosexual. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, Why do you say I'm gay? I just really love uh, muscle magazines. I just yeah. Well, 
I love dudes touching on each other. I it's, love dudes touching. <laughs> I like the sport of wrestling. Okay, um, but uh, oh, they do get in. There's one thing I love is a sport where guys roll on a mat with other guys. Yes. I, I why do. do you think? Why do you think your brother loves rugby? Getting all up in each other's crotches, feeling for balls. Really, I mean, every sport is gay. It's just there's some that are gayer than others, and I like the gayest you've been ones. On that, you've been working on that screenplay for the longest called Scrummin'. Scrummin'. <laughs> it, the movie ends with me actually going into a scrum and putting my head into somebody's ass. Uh. Hey, hey, Jeremy, do you know what WWE stands for? White wussies ejaculating. <laughs> white, white wuss ejaculate. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, he eventually oh, hog ties this uh, this gay fella up, uh, and, and then uh, uh, ends up uh, stabbing him to death. And I got a little bit of his voice and stabby. You made me do that. <laughs> So he stabs this this guy up. Now, am I wrong on this? I didn't really look this up. Is did they get the same voiceover actor who I believe was an old lady that smoked uh, to do this gay guy's voice? Because it sounds eerily similar to the voice of Reagan from The Exorcist. Am I wrong on that? That's funny. That's actually a really good point. It very much could be because you are right. That there is so much detail that almost goes into this voice, mm-hmm. like the sound mixing doesn't match with like other people talking yeah. in this film. But like, if you listen to that, let me see if I can cue it up again. Right? Like, you made me do that. Like that. You made me do that. That sounds like the Ray- evil Reagan right there from The Exorcist. But you're right, but also let's point out. I'm sorry, as we go through the film and start to nail down different potential killers all that no one no one's voice no one's normal voice in this movie matches that voice it makes no sense i'm pretty sure jeremy the killer has to be miss Toomey. if i'm gonna be honest with you at this point uh i would like to uh relive the scene from the exorcism mm-hmm. nice day for a gay exorcism <laughs> <laughs> actually you both are on point Holy shit, Eric has blown this wide open because it's like instead of your mother sucks cocks in hell, it's your brother. <laughs> your brother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> I also like that uh, the line is almost uh, a match for the uh, one of the demons in The Conjuring. You made me do that. That kill somebody. That's, it, as soon as you showed me your goatsy, I had to murder you. You know this. <laughs> Thanks for making me gay. Um. Actually, actually, boys, do you know what I call my call my asshole? What's that? I call it an Indian burial ground. <laughs> you moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. Why did you move the headstones? <laughs> <laughs> and then I suck up all your stuff, and you're like, "No, not the house." <gasps> yeah, I remember when I accidentally fell into the uh, into Ashley's asshole, and all the bodies started popping out of the water. Like, ah! like this. again, Eric can't stop lying because once you fall into my asshole, you don't come back, baby. <laughs> I had to Boba Fett my way out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Sar- the Sarlacc pit of love. <laughs> so, so uh, there. Uh, the next day, they uh, we have a little coroner's report about the recently found dead body. Anus was dilated at the time of death. Slight mm-hmm. rupture above the anus, indicating intercourse. We found semen, but I can't identify it. What do you mean? A spermia. In English. No sperm. Your killer's shooting blanks. His semen tested positively, but it doesn't have any sperm in it. Here, taste it. You, there's not even a little bit of sperm in this semen at all. Also, can I just, and Eric, tell me if I'm wrong so we can like backtrack and then move forward. But does that ever come up later? Not at movie? all. Not at all. Not one time does this, is this even relevant? He, he's just like, apparently he can't get any of these men pregnant. I'm sure that has a motive. <laughs> <laughs> for some of the I don't know why that matters at all that he's that he's shooting blanks but uh that is I can't figure that out. It is yeah. fun. Uh but uh you do you can hear a little bit more of this. Why not? Well maybe he has some physical aberration or a malfunction. Could be his testes are infected, maybe he um had a vasectomy. What else? Well this oh. first Guys, Uh, maybe that was was it. What he just said, and we can get to this towards the end of the movie. He said maybe his testicles are infected. Mm. I still don't know where this is going, but let's... I have a a theory that after you've had sex for the fifth time in a single night, you don't really shoot much. There we go. Hi, I'm Coroner Jeremy Woodworth. Anyway, uh, I've been dipping my wings in this guy's ass semen for the last half hour. It is good. Uh, Gross. Well, I'll jump ahead. There's someone in the movie that I'm pretty sure that we find out has hepatitis. Oh, okay. I might, I might not have picked up on that, so we'll have to put it all together. Because the ending is very cryptic, in my opinion. Yes. It's a wild ending. Yes. So uh, we then meet Captain Edelstein uh, shortly after that, and uh, who's played by the uh, the great uh, Paul Servino, and uh, he uh, <laughs> he he meets up with one of the uh, one of the hookers that blew one of the uh, cops the other night because they're questioning uh, the local uh, gay scene about the murders but hey he wants to file a complaint and did they run me the other night and this guy simone he made me give him hair right in his radio car take your foot off the table you're full of shit i swear to christ how do you know they're cops because they're wearing shields and riding around in a radio car what are their shield numbers they work out of the sixth precinct you know how many guys were arrested last year for impersonating a cop there's more guys out there impersonating cops than there are actual. No, leave it to the police to not take a complaint seriously. Thank God we have body cams that show all these blowjobs now. Um, blame it on somebody like Gacy. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, only thing I, only thing I'm guilty of is uh, uh, having a, a, a makeshift, an illegal morgue in my basement. <laughs> Well, for a hot second, I thought this movie was about stand-up comedy. Yeah. Oh, no. So, so then uh, we then get to meet Steve Burns, who's played by Al Pacino. He walks into the office uh, to hear about his uh, new assignment. Burns, why do you think you were called down here? I don't know. They told me that there was uh, some uh, special assignment. 
and that I was right for her. Let me ask you something. Have you ever had your cock sucked by a man? A man? <laughs> no. Uh, Never well, been porked? I... <laughs> had a man smoke your pole? <laughs> you gotta be kidding. <laughs> yeah, you're kidding. I know it. Uh, no. No? Well, um, you got the wrong guy, I guess. That's all. Take a look at the board over there. Paul Vincent was a professor at Columbia University. Lauren Lucas was an actor. Oh, the St. James Hotel stabbing. I read about that. How'd you like to disappear? Disappear? Go undercover. These killings have a similar M.O., but we've also been finding parts of bodies floating in the river. We don't know a damn thing about these torso victims. We don't even know who the hell they are yet. But it's my hunch that they were done by the same guy who did these two killings up here. Yes, Ashley. Uh, so I just realized that uh, Eric's toilet is like the Hudson River because there's pieces of Eric's body floating. <laughs> I was going to say uh, the torso murders, also a great metal band name. Uh, <laughs> torso murder. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, my favorite um, torso fuck song is called Raped by Elephants. That is a that is a classic. We play it every Christmas at the Woodworth House. Look what I can do, Daddy. Look what I can do. <laughs> what the fuck? Is rape, forgive me, is Raped by Elephants a Woodworth wedding night uh, special? Yes, that's a, that was our first dance. <laughs> so, uh... I do think it's very funny that uh, he offers him this job. Like, imagine you you got a job. You're like, hey, we think you're j- you look so fucking turbo gay that we need you to go out into the world and go well, undercover. Why is this like every Al Pacino movie? He's asked about how gay he is, like in the beginning of Scarface. Like, I, I think it's hey, written into it because he's because he's like what he's like part Italian, right? So he's just like, hey. I need you guys to make sure you ask if I'm gay so I can make it clear at the beginning of the movie that I'm not. <laughs> the scent of a woman. Hey, Tony, you're into getting your gays. Uh, no, I'm into the scent of a woman. <laughs> so this movie, which is uh, scent of a, of a gay jizz. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I mean, this is how my interview went when Eric hired me for the podcast. He was like, you ever been porked? <laughs> <laughs> I, ever, I was like, you ever, ever been, been you ever been porked? You ever been beefed? Well, guess what? You're two thirds of this beef jerky I'm eating right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jeremy, chicken components. Yes, I was like, ah! yeah, just, that's where Ashley with the chicken components. I was like, well, you are almost perfect for this show. Uh, <laughs> I hire I hire co-hosts based on. on on how many parts beef jerky they are. Uh, so uh, I do like that uh, he gets put on the assignment. Uh, uh, he breaks the news to his girl, but he can't tell her much uh, except nothing. Uh, the next day, he immediately hits the streets uh, and gets ready to get fucking gay as hell. Uh, he goes into his room and uh, his his old his apartment has a bunch of gay magazines. I think the names of these magazines are very funny. Uh, one is called yeah. Honcho. Uh, another is called Blue Boys Mag. And then uh, my favorite one, which is in two words, Mandate. <laughs> 
uh, which I thought was very, yeah. I thought was good mandate. Um, like so, uh, he, uh, he goes to throw him out and there's his gay, uh, uh, By the, way, uh, uh the magazine, no masks required. <laughs> so, so he goes to go, uh, throw him out, but, uh, his neighbor, uh, comes running out and, uh, makes a new friend. He's like, Hey, don't throw those out. Cause the landlord sells them back to us. You can sell them back to them. So these are, they're not only used once. They've probably been used multiple times. Uh, these, these gay, uh, these gay mags. So there's nothing, by the way, using, Pornography in physical form is something you want to have be the first owner of. Like, you don't want to be a Tommy Simbazo who has a lightly used fleshlight that he does own that he's now told Lou is a Wi-Fi receptor. It sits on his desk and he's like, oh, it's for the it's for the Wi-Fi, honey. And he, but he also he cleaned it out and he says he can't use this uh, this E fleshlight because he says it sounds like a juicer when it's going. He's like, it's so loud that it, it cannot be discreet so anyway um he goes to hit uh the leather bars around town uh one of them is uh one of the names of the place is called the ramrod which is the most accurate i love what a gay place is called accurate is 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 accurate like in baltimore i used to perform right next to one called the pink elephant okay because uh, it was attached to new age dine and dance which actually its acronym sounded gayer than the gay bar which was nads um that would should have been the gay the like the place where you did bar and comedy should have been the pink elephant and nads should have been the gay bar they should have flip-flopped them eric your dad almost named you guys perfect it was Woodworth, but he, he didn't finish. It should have been Woodworthless. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. I'm very, I'm very happy to have, uh, get it happy, um, that we performed at NADS, and we actually did the song Nambla. We performed that there as a song. That is and true. Then, and, of course, somebody finally, finally tipped me off that the back of it was a gay bar, and I was like, Really? So I literally went back there out of curiosity. I stepped into the doorway. I perused left and right. I'm like, okay, that's a gay bar. And I walked out. I was like, I can say I've stepped into a gay bar once in my life. And that was that was all the curiosity that I needed. So. That is that is true. I used to always have my really tough rugby friends come to see me because they cared about when I did comedy. And I was, I was like, hey, you know, there's a whole other bar attached to there. And I'd always send them to the gay bar. And they'd be like, what the fuck, man? I was... <laughs> And I never got tired of it. I love doing, by the way, I love doing comedy for, for the gays. They are, A, they're a laughable bunch. They they don't take themselves, like, turbo seriously for the most part. At least when I started. Especially, like, the full, like, cross, uh, the, the drag ones. They are, they're a fun bunch. I love those, uh, those folks. Uh, because they would definitely, like, walk by. You're never going to be as hateful as their as their fathers were to them. So. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh goddamn! So well, hey, that's something y'all have in common. We all listen. Yeah, we all have a lot of things in common now. Other thing, did you read the trivia about the 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 gay bars featured in this film? Their real names? No. One was the Mine Shaft, and the other is the Eagle's Nest. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Eagle's nest. <laughs> I like that. Should have called it the Hawks. So, <laughs> so as he's uh as he's getting his uh 
as he's getting his uh, uh, boots wet into the gay community here, uh, he does stop into a little local shop. And what you'll see is an actor who have, uh, we just covered in a movie recently. Uh, you'll notice the, uh, the officer from, uh, the detective from the movie Frailty, Powers Booth, is the little shop owner here. And uh, he, he goes in to ask him what all of the handkerchief code, all these handkerchiefs mean. Uh, and you can hear this here. Did you read about the killings? A light blue hank in your left back pocket means you want a blowjob. Right pocket means you give one. The green one left side says you're a hustler, right side you're a buyer. The yellow one left side means you give golden shower, right side you receive. The red one means you see anything you want? Uh, I'm going to go home and think about it. I'm sure you'll make the right choice. So... (laughs) (laughs) So you make the right choice. Well, it it led me down a little bit of, of a hole here. So immediately, I wanted to look up uh, all of the all of the codes. Now, this is according to uh, GayDesertGuide.com. Um, this is what I found out about some of the codes. Now, these are the standard ones, but there's all it goes so much further than this. So well, let me get started here. So black means you're S and M. Dark blue is is anal. Light blue is oral. Brown is scat. That's poo poo. Which all of this makes sense. Like this is, I like that. Like brown being being scat totally makes sense. Okay. Uh, green is for hustler and prostitution. Okay. Gray is bondage. Uh, purple is for piercings um, or piercing. I don't know if that's you do the piercing or what. There's a lot of things I don't know here. Red though. On the Ramjack playset, says it means you like to film, but according to the Gay Desert, that means fisting. It means you like you like the whole hey. fist. Okay. Now, yellow makes sense again. Another appropriate color. It's for water sports. That means you like to pee pee on each other. Okay. Uh, orange is anything goes, which sounds like a WWE Falls Count Anywhere type gay sex. I'm not sure, uh, but it goes even further than that. These are the other ones that were also listed. Dark green, which is daddy boy scene, and it is a. Uh, uh, there's also a uh, light pink. That means dildos because they're often that color. Uh, dark pink, which is nipple torture, uh, because ah. because that might make your nipples dark pink if you uh, are into that. Um, fuchsia, which is spanking uh, because of rosy cheeks. Uh, rust is called is basically uh, a cowboy um because of its ruddy complexion i'm not sure what this means khaki i again i don't know what this means it says military sex i don't know do you both have to serve before serving one another i'm not sure maybe you're on the down low sort of maybe oh it's a don't ask don't tell okay mm-hmm. maybe that makes a little bit more sense right uh, i don't know you have to throw lit fireworks around when you're having sex. Yes, you have to. You you only you only suck PTSD. Um, <laughs> uh, so and then there's a there's Gold Lama, which is Muscle Boys, and they say think Rocky Horror. 
uh, is what it says. And then mosquito netting handkerchiefs. This is you're into outdoor sex, which there is a lot of it out there in this movie coming up. Um, but it said, hey, listen, with so many colors, it can be very confusing. Sometimes if you're colorblind, it's best you just ask. So <laughs> there you go. I really feel sorry for the, the gay colorblind man. He's like, I can't tell what these colors are. What, who am I supposed to choose? Yeah, I like it. You're like, this guy's about to piss on him. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm a fisting guy. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> He's just getting fucking pissed on. That's pretty good. So uh, uh, another another thing is, uh, you know, I don't want to be too judgmental, but if you go into any bar and you see a giant um, um, bathtub, I'm sorry, that just doesn't seem right. There's something going on wrong there. So. Yeah, I feel like uh, they're the the giant bathtub, um, and also people with lubed arms. I'm usually a little, <laughs> I'm a little weary whenever I go to a place and their arms are just like it looks like they've been, uh, you know, just just fresh out of a pool. Uh, Eric. That's very discriminatory because, like, when I meet, you know, when I first met Jeremy and he was covered in lotion, I just assumed it was because he was having a rough summer. It had nothing to do with <laughs> the fact that he was tempting people. So, uh, like, I know his arm was lewd, but why did it look so brown? <laughs> <laughs> so I like that Al Pacino so every time he goes out in this movie he learns something new about the gay scene and the first thing he learned about night one he was like I gotta get some guy liner so he immediately he goes back in he's like I need I gotta look the part I best I best I get these eyes which, done right which is funny about that because you're right what's funny to me a little bit about that too is we never directly hear it you just kind of perceive that he realizes like I'm not a bear I'm definitely more of an otter and he's definitely more likely to be the one getting picked up than doing the picking. You know what I mean? Sometimes you, sometimes you're, uh, it's like that line from the, the dark night. Right. And it's like, uh, sometimes you, you live long enough. You, sometimes you try to live to be the twink, but, uh, you end up living long enough to be the bear. And I think that was the real moral of this with this movie more than anything. I remember just watching the scenes where it's l- literally like a one minute pan of just guys asses dancing. Yes. Oh, there's a lot. And I'm yeah. thinking, this is like the longest version of orgasmo that I've ever seen. <laughs> Instead of seeing women's breasts, you're just seeing guys asses. So much guy which, ass. Excuse me, which I'll tell you one. If Eric was a superhero, Eric would be Scatman. Um, we <laughs> sure i mean like eric's like i'll slow them down and eric just spreads his butt cheeks and just oil slick comes out and it's like scooby-doo and like, Whoa. Um, I, like I like to think that if i had actually seen this movie not knowing like maybe back when i was like 16 years old i'd see that bar scene i'm like man there are so many judas priest fans in this <laughs> So look, let me move, let me move the uh, the show right along here. Uh, he goes back out with a guy liner and a yellow hanky. But listen, you can't be rocking the hankies and not about the business because he gets in trouble with one of the fellows at the bar. You in the water sports? No, I just I like to watch. Later, yeah. 
If you like to watch, take that hanky out of your pocket, asshole. <laughs> so he got he he's not using the codes correctly. Okay, you can't just come and it's all it's literally you're advertising for it, and then he's he's being he, right now he's being a real tease. I have to admit, you I know? didn't really look into the music, which was kind of punk during the scene. Mm-hmm. Amazingly, it was way before Gigi Allen made it big. Mm-hmm. And by the way, my buddy who who's been into the New York scene during the early '80s, he's that old now. He says. His buddy, who was in into the New York scene today, is the guy who actually encouraged Gigi Allen to go way over top. And of course, when he found out what Gigi Allen was really doing, he's like, "I didn't mean that fucking way over the top." What the fuck? <laughs> You're fighting people and shitting in your own hand. This was too. That you crossed the line. You crossed the line. Guy, there was a guy that encouraged him to go go over the top. I'm like, no, not that over the top. So, so uh, he realizes after being turned down that he's messed up again. I like that he's like, shit, I need to become gayer. So he goes home and immediately he's like, I need to hit the weights. <laughs> so it's like this. It's like a montage scene of becoming gayer, and it's just him doing shoulder presses. And I am, I'm losing it right now. He's like, I'm not gay enough yet. <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling you, every time Eric posts a video of him lifting weights, I'm just like, another box gets checked. And I'm like, what is he telling us? It's the Rocky montage. He's going gay now. It's the brown eye of the tiger. <laughs> the brown eye of the tiger. <laughs> I'm going to get some gay sex. Got a dick from a friend Apollo. Uh, so look, he uh, instead, of, instead of when Arnold Schwarzenegger meets uh, Apollo Creed and Predator, they they slap dicks against each other instead of the <laughs> fist. So. Yeah, it's it's sexual predator. <laughs> so uh, he then goes to hit uh, the Central Park Woods, which uh, this is. I love that the idea of like when the lights go out in New York City, the woods is just teeming with gay sex. Like it's just you can't go more than like five or six steps without bumping into a leather daddy getting uh, get get wrist deep in some guy in jockey shorts. Um, you know, you know that rest stops are. Uh... Are synonymous for uh, having gay sex, um, Ben Stiller. That is true. That is true. Uh, I know from experience. And uh, next, uh, he does bump into the next victim who eyes up Al Pacino, but uh, just passes him by. Um, he then goes to report back to his captain, but uh, Tommy Van, uh, that Koozie uh, is the name, keeps coming up, but uh, that guy's untouchable. He owns a bunch of the clubs, so they can't go after that guy. But the chief can't move on him uh, because, you know, he's some type of hotshot that they don't clarify throughout the movie. Now, uh, our next victim finds our killer, and uh, this time... Uh, um, it's for some uh, real gay wood sex, and uh, he ends up getting a knife in the back, which is uh, it's pretty graphic. Nice, all the kills in this movie are pretty good looking. Like it really looks like everybody's getting stabbed in this film. Can I can I say pretty much this is every single Pete Jackalone movie that he's ever made? It's the stabbings of the gay men, and, except that you didn't see his. Um, um, okay, I, well, I'm getting too close to home on this joke. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, I had to stop. 
Don't don't spoil it for everybody. We all want to watch it. So Steve goes back to uh, after after a night of this to get have some good old fashioned hetero love making with the chick from Indiana Jones. Uh, but uh, he goes back and out to eat the next day with his gay neighbor. He's struggling, thinking about blowing dudes for money, but he's not there quite yet. Um, he goes, he's like, God, wish I could help you, uh, but maybe I've seen your play. It's pretty fucking bad. You should <laughs> like. He's like, I'm really just a struggling playwright, and uh, I don't know. I like. He's like, I really, I can't do anything here. My hands are real tied. <laughs> Just, Such a boring game. So he uh he then uh goes back out that night and uh he uh he it's I guess it's cop night it's cop theme night at the gay bar that he goes to and uh they're the first second they walk into this gay bar I laughed so hard there's just a guy sucking off a nightstick and I I could I rewound it like three times in fucking tears of this guy just fucking blowing a nightstick he then uh goes where, where to, did they get the ginormous handcuffs I don't know uh but he gets kicked out because he's an actual cop not dressed right for cop night uh so he gets kicked out for precinct night uh but perhaps the new killer has spotted him Ooh, and i have this little audio clip right here that bulge in your pants ain't a knife why don't we take a walk not tonight Oh, look at Al Pacino playing hard to get. Um, so, uh, by the way, um, really ironic that uh, a gay film and undercover, and it wasn't named Serpico. <laughs> it is true. Uh, so now he goes back to to have some more heterosex with his uh, with his girlfriend, uh, but you could tell that maybe. It's not hitting the same, okay? He's like, he's like, it, you, you see it in his eyes. He's like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm a little gay. You can kind of see it kind of going through his head a little bit. He's like, this just, this, this, this run of the mill puss just ain't doing it for me anymore. Um, hey, maybe you could get like a, a butcher haircut or talk about flying an F 14 or something. Hey, hey, let me show you these wrestling mags I just picked up. Uh, this is the, hey, this is the sports sweep of the nation, baby. Uh, yeah. You actually know what they say it is legitimately. This isn't even a joke. Uh, that obviously men tend to be rougher with one another. Like the sex is just more animalistic versus having to like, you know, care about a woman's feelings. So. Yeah, that makes I, I makes sense. Also, like I feel like uh like uh with with a dude, uh, a dude meeting another dude with a great sex drive, and you're like, "Hey, you're into each other. Cool. Do you want to go fuck immediately, like this second? And they're like, F- "Yeah. Do you want to go get wings afterward? Fuck yeah, I do. And it's just, you know, it's a, uh, it's kind of the most dude thing in the whole world is gay Eric, sex. Eric, you're I gonna just find say. somebody someday <laughs> who is going to do all those things for you, and you guys are gonna cross your diarrhea streams." And you're going to be so happy together. I just don't like that you're not saying, uh, listen, I'm already in that polyamorous relationship. It's called Laugh Finder, and we're doing great. Um, So the the morning comes, and uh, he hears a... uh, 
a domestic dispute next. Oh, no. Next we get to meet the fashion designer, okay? And this guy fits the killer's type. Uh, He goes to hit the scene that night and goes to a private little peep show uh, with a leather daddy in the room, goes to go blow this guy and ends up getting stabbed. It is our killer, uh, no doubt. So, uh, And he just leaves him in the fucking jerk tunnel there, which is, uh, I feel like this is the place where you could have caught him. Like, there's multiple eyewitnesses, right? There was two people that went in at least five or six other people that saw that guy go in in a scene where you're like yeah i might the the whole scene of this is like i would fuck that guy i wouldn't fuck that this was tinder before tinder right somebody made eye contact with this fellow and nobody's like you know how many fucking leads there's no way we can catch this guy who killed somebody feet from us uh which seems ridiculous this, this, this movie and Boondock Saints and frickin' Howling give Peep Show Boots a bad name that you're going to get <laughs> murdered. And, you know, if I go to, like, a Peep Show booth, I like, I like a sign on the door that says, like, hardly anybody's been murdered in this Peep booth for, like, a month, you know? Yeah, like a little sign that said, this many days without a mar- murder, and it's, like, six. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, cause if I want to masturbate with another man in a Peep booth, I... I I hope I don't get murdered. <laughs> uh, so, uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of sticky floors. That's why we're here, floor. Um, I'm really upset if somebody turns into a werewolf to murder me. That is true. So, uh, he uh, the morning comes, and we get to hear a domestic fight between his neighbors. Al Pacino is hearing his neighbor fight with his boyfriend, and it's getting real intense over there. Uh, the captain is now in hot water. He needs to show results soon otherwise he's going to be out of a freaking jab steve then goes back to uh back out and this is the scene where he goes to the club and there is the fisting scene which i goddamn when he this guy gets soaped up and he's fucking strung to a rack and his face of what you would expect to be extreme pain immediately goes uh, <laughs> and I it is. I will say this is the best movie with fisting I've ever seen, hands down. I've never. Uh, this is uh, top top notch. Better than any Van Damme movie. <laughs> I personally like Fist of uh, Furries better, but <laughs> Fist of the North Star Two. It's cruising. Ron Perlman. Yeah, Rod Perlman is the fister. Oh God! Uh, also, my favorite uh, songs from the eighty, Mister Fister, with the song Curie. So. Mister Fister. Uh, now, uh, yeah. Then he. Uh, it's also the part where he really I think embraces he's really accepted into the gay community which is the only thing that can prove you're gay is dancing um of course I like that this is the part where and it's really bad Al Pacino dancing too because like I am at this this is the only dancing he really does I've seen the rest of his work it's the same way he dances in Scarface and every other film it's just he has one move and it's jump up and down kind of fast on your toes and then move your move your things like hey what's up hip dudes do you guys want to do this which which to me though this should have been a dead giveaway that he wasn't gay i agree yeah what he really needed to do was put his hands completely over his head and just like spin in one place which is the best gay move ever i think so yeah yeah so uh he's also huffing also he asked the other guy if he's from baltimore 
<laughs> that is true. Baltimore. So uh, the police figure out that the murder weapon was a steak knife. Uh, so uh, Ed O'Neill goes to a steakhouse and he does find the murder weapon and it matches, I guess. Although uh, I don't know about the forensics here because this guy's been eating cum in the fucking back room. So, you know, I don't want to I don't want to take this for, uh, forensic scientist word for it. But uh, they learned I barely recognized Ed O'Neill. I had to look it up to make sure it was him. Yeah, he does look mad young. This is probably just after he stopped playing uh, college football. You know, he probably just finished up and he was like going into acting. Um, so they yeah, after uh, Dogs of War, he was in Dogs of War with uh, Christopher Walken. So. Oh, look at that! So uh, they lure their new suspect, the guy that Al Pacino met the other night, into a room, um, and uh, they he's wired. Which is, uh, there's so many things I don't understand about this scene. This this entire scene is like, uh-oh, we lost contact. The, the, the radio isn't coming through. So the cops come in early, okay? They bust down the door. Okay, so number one, then they bust in the door. Al Pacino is completely hogtied and naked. And the first thing he says is, he's like, what are you guys doing? I, I almost had him. And I was like, what? what do you mean? What are we always doing? This is, this is all the time that you had right here. You were about to get fucked in the ass in like one more second here. And you're just, what are we waiting for? Right? So. Uh, uh, by, by, by the way, uh, another trivia point is that all the controversy about this film says that Richard Freakin uh, was was open to Al Pacino complaining about doing the film during the filming. And he says, the side note is, Freakin made it clear at, towards making the film that he had really wished he had chosen Richard Gere instead of Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I could have done so many more gerbil scenes. Damn it. Yeah, like now... We have this. We have a gerbil scene. This is actually for the the light fuchsia hanky scene that we're gonna do here. It involves a gerbil, and then Richard Gere's like, "Oh damn it, fiddlesticks! My one chance." Um, hey, whenever bring on, bring on the whole fucking habit trail. Come on, I'm Richard Gere. <laughs> whenever Richard Gere went to do Pretty Woman, he's like, "Hear me out, though. What if instead of Julia Roberts, it's a man dressed like a woman?" <laughs> Pretty uh, almost a woman. Oh god! So uh, the interrogation is my probably my. Oh, there's also another thing. By the way, he's wearing a wire. He's fully nude. Why can't, did this guy never find the wire on him? Where is he hiding it? Is it in his actual ass? That's the only it's place very, it can be hidden at this point. I agree. It's very confusing. I'm glad we're getting to the interrogation because this is probably my favorite scene of the whole goddamn movie. Yes. So the interrogation scene, they're questioning both the uh, the suspect and Al Pacino, like they're both suspects, and they're they're sitting there, and this is the whole investig. This is a whole homicide unit is in on this one. They were like, we're gonna take this motherfucker down today, and the plan to bring him down is to have one of the officers who is the largest black man on the force dress in a cowboy hat only with assless jockeys he says nothing and walks in and just slaps the shit out of fucking Al Pacino and I, I'm like wait a minute this is your master plan I've never been so confused 
I had to keep stopping and revisiting what was going on because I was like, is he dreaming this? Because he had been on drugs the night before. Like, was it, was it a dream? No, because the man gets hit first. He's like, gay. And then a few minutes later, Al Pacino gets then hit. The man re-enters the room, re-enters the room and hits Al Pacino and then walks out he saying just nothing he does the-, the whole time. Now, if you don't fuck it, I like it. Like, like, let's equate it to another movie, like a famous interrogation tactic. Let's go to the movie uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards, right? And he's just like, now listen, you're going to point out the specs on this here map. Otherwise, I'm calling the bear Jew. And this is their bear Jew is just an assless chapped fucking uh, cop pretending to be a gay guy that just does the slapping around here. Again, the difference is we are not told that the bear Jew is coming. In this movie, he just shows up, randomly walks over, slaps somebody, and walks out. Like, it's almost, I swear to God, it's like a plot line that, like, you would see on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that Charlie and Frank came up with. Like, this is what we'll do. We'll get a big gay guy, and he'll slap him. (laughs) Like, it just makes no sense at all. Every every career criminal knows that the cops have... Three types of cops in an interrogation room. There's the good cop, the bad cop, and the big black gay cowboy <laughs> jockstick cop. Every, the three kinds. He was just like, all right, rock, paper, scissors, scissors up. Guess you have to be the big black gay one again. Which is also, which is also an episode of Better Call Solo. When they bring in the big gay black cowboy cop still don't say a word when he slaps the shit out of you. So. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I know as a kid, my parents were one of those people. They were those people that were like, hey, you better be good or we're going to call the cops. But what childhood did you have to have to be like, hey, if you don't behave, we're calling the cops that have the big naked black man that I'll slap you if you don't eat your vegetables. Hey, that's, that's the only reason I could ever get those asparagus down. <laughs> and I don't know who my dad's friend was, but, you know, that's, it's going a long way to make me eat my vegetables. <laughs> By the way, Ashley, um, thinking about this episode made me think about that one girl at that concert and she's dancing with that really hot guy that's like really muscle bound and then all of a sudden when the other guy comes and kisses him while they're dancing and she turns away when discuss like damn it fuck that look on her face so I thought about you oh because Eric's gonna leave <laughs> me in my head for another man <laughs> also Eric I think you're on mute hon no yeah, I am indeed on mute. So uh, the uh, the interrogation, I guess, goes as well as they planned, but uh, they go outside and uh, realize that maybe they have the wrong guy. Uh, here we go. Get your pants down. Watch my lips. Get your pants down. Get 
and you're going to take the floating ball test. You're going to fill that sink with water. And we're going to dip your balls in it. And if they don't float, you're our main man. It's a witch, a witch, a witch! It's a witch! <laughs> Many people are burned at the stake because of this test. So, but I can't remember what the exact reason is that they uh they they realize it's not him. Um, they but they're able to clear him uh, even after torturing this guy for a fucking well, day. They said the prints don't match, uh, and I'm yeah, assuming yeah. they did do a semen test and that they found semen in his balls. Yeah, they bring wait, it. They bring wait, it down wait. to the coroner, and he goes. <laughs> This, it's not a match. It's not a match at all. <laughs> this is actually now. This is this is packed full of semen. Now, I just want to speak up for the Salem witch trials. Is that the worst testimony usually came from the goat that was testifying? I saw her when I was talking. <laughs> So, uh, the last 40 minutes is kind of, uh, a, a kind of a speed through here. Cause we're way over time here. I'm going to, we'll stop, uh, the important oh, parts God. here, but, uh, Steve, uh, crew, crew park cruising episode. Steve, Steve ends up breaking up with his girlfriend. Uh, he then tells the captain, he doesn't think he could do this job, but cat says he needs them. Uh, and then ends up giving him a yearbook to cross reference of the, of people that the designer who was murdered has filmed, uh, and, and taken pictures of and he finds a match so he seeks out our would-be killer uh and there's lots of really actually good cinematography here while he's staking him out i actually love seeing like all the building shots here it's actually kind of a, a good thing uh but he ends up breaking into the guy's house al pacino does uh through a little window fan that he just has propped in there and uh finds a bunch of ret- letters written to john l richards which is this man's father and and uh, he, through this, our killer... Wait, wait, what was that guy's name? Father's name again? John L. Richards. Otherwise known as John Dick. John Dick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, through that, though, uh, when the killer comes back, he realizes that somebody's broken into his place because the fan isn't put back in the window correctly. And then uh, he ends up talking to his uh, dad in his head, and he goes, who knows what he... What he knows now what he has to do and what he has to do is get leather daddied up and murder this guy that broke into his house so John Forbes then meets up uh, uh, I'm sorry uh, what's it called John Forbes meets up with uh, which is Al Pacino's actual uh, fucking alias in this movie he's Steve but he's also John Forbes in the gay world and uh, he meets uh, uh, his neighbor's uh, lover who's a Dexter's dad that we mentioned before and uh, he says that he he might he basically has a domestic dispute with this guy and about it almost kicks the shit out of him but he pulls a knife on him saying are you basically you fucking my boyfriend like that and he's just like oh god damn it so he ends up ends up leaving but this is going to cause more problems for the end of the movie here as you'll see soon enough uh pacino then finally meets up with our killer in the park and lures him 
he's I love that the ending of how he gets to this scene is that he's learned how to be gayer than an actual gay man so he says he's like why not I, we can't go to my place how about yours he's like why not the woods he's like okay fine let's go over here and he's just like come on drop your pants he basically calls him a fucking pussy for not t- pulling down his pants faster than he does and uh <laughs> Now, Al Pacino, though, he goes in to go suck this guy's dick, and he steps on his foot. So he makes the first move of attack, and the guy's like, ow, I don't like that. That guy pulls a knife, but Al Pacino's already ready, and he stabs that guy first. So uh, they end up apprehending him. He gets in the hospital, and they're laying out the list of charges before him and this and that. But right after that... You just see the killer is still out on the streets or it's implied that he's just still walking around New York City's daddy leather scene like it's no big deal. So we're not even sure if this is really the killer at all. Uh, He goes back to his apartment, Al Pacino does, and finds that uh, his best friend has been fucking stabbed. Or no, not he. He doesn't even go back. The police find his his neighbor has been stabbed to death, likely because of his actions the day before. So really, all Al Pacino has done in this movie is just ruined the gay S&M community by getting people falsely falsely accused, uh, his neighbor murdered, and he's back at his house, uh, his girlfriend's house, mending everything. Thing while she's just putting on the leather daddy suit and that's the well, end of the movie i know but here's what confuses me a little bit and i'd have to go like looking for other answers but i did find two things interesting about the person across from him that guy's boyfriend i thought he got hepatitis that we hear at one point during their domestic when they're fighting verbally with each other so one Oh, so maybe that's actually the killer is that guy. Oh, shit. Maybe, but there's that. Two, he pulls a knife on Al Pacino, and they're looking for a dude with a knife. So it was James Remar the entire time. I, I don't know. But then, like, Al Pacino's character gets so weird in the end that I'm like, are you a killer? Like, um, I was very confused. I could it not is a confusing ending. Although, movie. I love the theory that James Remar, uh, who plays Gregory in the movie, uh, is the killer. Because how fun is it? Because he's also in the movie The Warriors that he goes out with, uh, like, metal bottle, like, two glass bottles later. And he's like, Warriors, come in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I just think, is a really fun tie-in to The Eric, Warriors right after that this. That is not the same movie. That is horriers <laughs> <laughs> oh man I also another great trivia from this film mm-hmm. William Friedkin did some research for this film by attending gay bars dressed in only a jock strap <laughs> fuck yeah turn up William Friedkin doing the work doing the lord's work uh, now uh, that brings us to an end though of the very cryptic ending of cruising um, Jeremy your final thoughts on cruising um, uh, the, the uh, trivia also likes to point out that um, this movie was released one year before the first reports of AIDS and, and, and the saddest and truest part of this film is 99% of the people um probably had sex with Mr. Dukas himself, including uh, Freddie Mercury, which it says had sex with Dukas himself. 
otherwise known as Ground Zero, and um, probably 99% are dead. So, Oh, man. So the real killer was actually, what you're getting at, I, if, I'm, if I'm to follow, is that the real serial killer was none other than Dr. Fauci and his misinformation about AIDS. I understand. Now, uh, Ashley, your final... Mr. Plain, Mr. Uh, Plain um, uh, attendant, yes. Okay, all right. Now, uh, Ashley, your final thoughts on on cruising nineteen eighty? Um, you know, I don't do much cruising anymore, but that's just because I hate water. Um, <laughs> but I enjoyed myself. It was an interesting film. And also, I'd like to say that uh, yeah, I did get my picture taken with one of the village people, but it wasn't the cop. True that. True that. Was the cowboy? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, I, I, I think uh, cruising is worth a watch, and uh, I think uh, you know it doesn't. The ending doesn't make sense until Ashley put it all together. So give it up for Ashley, detective extraordinaire. Didn't even have to suck a dick to solve this one. She did it all with her brains. Women win again. So uh, let's uh, let's take us out, Ashley. Where can people find you at? You can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. And depending on when this comes out, you can see me, I believe, in Silver Spring on the 28th and at the DC Comedy Loft April 29th and 30th. Fuck yeah. So yeah, check out Ashley Pontius. It's going to be a great show. She's always a fucking awesome time. All things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. It's Eric with K Comedy with a C. Um, I got shows coming up in... in stuff like that so love for you to come out but also check out the quality time emporium pick yourself up one of those uh gunner shirts that uh you'll make you look real cool jeremy take us out are you wearing that yellow handkerchief bastard <laughs> <laughs>